Rental episode 96. We are your gaming and geek culture podcast. My name is Ryan. As always, I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And Biff. Tango Elgato Los Penalones. Hello? Pants. I don't know what I said. I think I have cat in my pants. I'm not really sure. Perfect segue. If you enjoy our content, you can find all sorts of other cat and pants related contents over at geekade.com, whether it's gaming. TV, movies, comics, and more. It's all over there. Um, Geekade, what's your geek? Um, we're going to segue into a Byron Burn, but first I must apologize. I listened to our last episode, and I realized that when I recite historical facts about documentaries, things I read, I just word vomit combinations of people's names out that are not at all accurate. And uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just understand what I was trying to get to. Don't listen to the words I was actually saying. Last episode was a little rough for me. I I, I butchered like every name I referenced, I think. So anybody else catch that? You guys probably like. He's no, no right. clue. I didn't catch it. Yeah. Should we do a replay right here? Andy, Andy, <clears throat> cut it back. Ah, that's too much. That's too much work. <laughs> But beyond my apology, we're going to get into uh, one of our classic segments. We've we've not done this in a while. It is buy, rent, burn. If you're not familiar with this uh, segment, if you're new to the podcast, what we do is we pick games for a given system. We decide which ones we would personally buy, rent, or burn. So we got three games. You got to make your picks. Hard choices. And when we say burn, you mean not burn it to a CD. You light that thing on fire. Um, we are looking at the Super Nintendo this go round. <clears throat> We're going to look at and compare Stunt Race FX, Rock and Roll Racing, and Top Gear 2. Um, I guess we'll just go in that order. We, we didn't really have an order to go through them, but since I listed them there, we'll go through. Um, uh, something fell over. Hope you guys heard that. Uh, we're going to talk about stunt race first. I'm going to read the description. Uh, the updated super FX chip allows you to shift into high gear, get behind the wheel of a formula racer, a four wheel drive monster truck, a subcompact, or a motorcycle. Each will provide a unique driving experience. Choose from over 20 pedal to the metal tracks uh, with an X because it's an FX game. Uh, there are no holds barred speed tracks. Uh, stunt tracks provide an obstacle course. And uh, battle track means you have head-to-head conflict in surprising terrain. For speed, variety, action, and fun, Stunt Race FX finishes finishes far ahead of the competition. Is that competition with an X as well? Um, ex- exclamation point! Is it? Is that close yep, enough? That works. Is it sucks with an X? Hey, none of that. <laughs> This is a holy game. We will respect it and its legacy. This is this uh, so is for your, anyone, your favorite. Yeah. So if for anyone who's not familiar, I am a staunch fucking stunt race FX defender. It is fantastic. It's a great use of the mode uh, seven stuff. The stunt race uh, cars look cool. The FX chip use is great. Way better than um, what everyone seems to think is the holy grail. And that would be. Uh, Star Fox, which I would argue is a 
a dumpster fire compared to the uh, graphical powerhouse that is Sunray FX. No eye rolling, everybody. I can see you. I'm not eye rolling. I can see you, my, Biff my, and Andy. The back of my, my eyes itch, and so I was just working on fixing this. What's not to love? It's got a slow frame rate. I get oh, it. That's it's got great cute lovable cars. They have <laughs> eyes. It's got fantastic music. There's billboards of Mario. There's bonus segments. I, it's good. I like how you instantly go for your art. No our arguments against it. You're like, I already know it. I already know that. I already know that. Yeah. And it doesn't it has matter. Flaws. It doesn't make me love it any less. And it shouldn't make anyone else. You got to put the nostalgia goggles on T94, man. You hadn't seen a PlayStation 64 didn't exist. Who had a 3DO? Nobody. You're lying. If you said you did. Maybe if you were a PC kid. I could understand it. Andy might have an excuse. I think it's great. I, I I played it. I started it up, kicked ass, remembered exactly what to do. I knew the technique, uh, like laying off on the corners, where to go, where to get the power ups. Uh, there's some problems. Sure. Frame rates. One of them hit a wall at the wrong time. Your whole uh, race is F. You might as well start over. That sucks, but get good. For all the reasons but, that you love this game are all the reasons that I hate this game. No, you can't hate it. I, I no, think, no, I'm not going to allow that on I, this episode. I respectfully, where nobody hates it. I respectfully hate this game. There, I said respectfully, I respectfully so it makes it okay. You should go respectfully F yourself. So Respectfully FX. Um, <laughs> so, all right, here's the deal with this game. Yes. It's the f- fantastic. <laughs> better shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> I hope you choke on what you're drinking right now. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Yeah, you will listen. Um, all right. So, yeah, the frame rate is an issue in this game. Here, when you have racing in the title, I feel like the speed of the game should be faster. It should feel faster and not so clunky. The graphics look cool. The colors are great. The sound is awesome. I actually like the sound effects of like the monster trucks when they're like landing and everything. It just um, for its time is is really cool. Yeah, 1994. This one came out. 1994. Good year. Almost my favorite year. Um, 95 is my favorite year. Weird. Yeah, I know. It is great music then. Um, So anytime I picture a racing game, I feel like it needs to be. Just faster, faster pace, faster movement. I personally like games that are a little more realistic. So the googly eyes is to me, I feel like I'm playing a kid's game. But it's 3D in 1994 on the Super NES. This could not have been any more realistic. Right. It does kind of remind <laughs> me of Uniracers. And that's one that we've done before. No, listen nope. to my listen to my uh, whatever. I can't. You will shuck your mouth. Anyways, <laughs> I'm so aggressive today. Oh, I got to take my medication. Um, so it's it's similar in Uniracers with the fact that, you know, those unicycles kind of had their own personalities. And that's something that we talked about before in uh, a buy, rent, burn quite some time ago. And, and so the vehicles have that personality um, kind of looking around. And so I just kind of associated the two. Uh, and I love Uniracers, but I couldn't get behind Stun FX 
that much. Uh, Stunt race FX. It, see, I, it's so forgettable. It's in so Japan. forgettable. It's not, I don't even know it. I have two box copies over there. I do. I did like the the mode of um, like the stunt actual instead of the racing, but just going on the course, like the stunt course. I appreciated that. I really liked that. I think they should have built the game more around that than uh, the actual racing courses. But that's just my my personal opinion. And Ryan. We'll destroy it, but I'm more interested in what Andy has to say because he looks like he is on my side. Yeah, I'm. I I can say I'm not the greatest fan of this game either. Uh, I I will give it to you. It's probably the best looking game out of all of these. Like it definitely pulled off something, but I think they were a little bit too ambitious. Like some of the courses, like we going underwater, doing all this other stuff. I love that. Which does look cool. kind of it it looks cool, but at the same time, if you don't know where you're on at the track, it, like all the angles are all flat and you're kind of like, what am I looking at? Where is the road right now? That type of thing. You get a little Never bit had disordered. That problem. I really? feel like we're talking oh, about red alarm on the <laughs> virtual boy here. And that's okay, not yeah, that's not what we were supposed to play. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm I'm interjecting a lot because I passionately defend this game or you're just being continue. a tool right now put it back well, in the that box could be too put it back it's in content the box. fine it's in the plus box. it's like window box too like i mean you don't get the full yes. frames i mean well, i know that that's a limitation of 3d like, yeah 10 frames so a two, two two frame per second game wasn't on in the cards i don't think i i don't know if you guys did play uh, i i didn't this time but before when it, on the switch you played two player it like cuts the normal frame rate in half mm -hmm. it's like literally unplayable like the type of thing like the, nintendo put this out and then they actually put it on the the switch too you know and it's like oh for something well, that's so known for quality this is like one of the things like oh maybe they were reaching a little bit on this i would say they finally put it on the switch because nintendo did a really good job of like <laughs> burying this and pretending it didn't ever exist so yeah. it was nice to see them finally like give it a nod and put it on the super NES classic and the switch. And like it, it needed to come to the light of day. I, I personally think. No, I agree yeah. with you. I really do feel that. I mean, Nintendo kind of made that deep cut. And so going on the switch out of the, all the racing games that are on the super Nintendo and even a couple of the ones that we're talking about tonight, that for them to say, yeah, stun FX, what's, stunt racer fx whatever stupid name it is we should we should slap that on the switch and um so i i think that is really cool that they're willing to expose it a little bit more i mean but look at this like no other racing game not on home console maybe pc what's your what's your next comparison to virtual racing Race uh, virtual racer is a good one or hard driving right like this yeah, was that, unprecedented this is more polished they did it on a single cart with the use of a chip um yeah the frame rate kind of sucks but i think that was due to you know what ram cost at the time or like what these processing chips cost i've seen video since where people swap those chips out it runs at a higher frame rate ultimately it's a better game but still for what it was i don't know i i think it's kind of a showpiece i mean i i'm biased because this is a game that i 100 percented multiple times to the point where 
I'd get it done. I'd delete my save state. I'd go back and like recomplete it all again. Um, it, it's a, it's difficult because it's a game about learning to cope with its shortcomings, to get the enjoyment out of it, to become a good racer. But I, I, I don't know. I have a hard time condemning it for that because when we were kids back then, like you got that one game, like that was my game for six months. And I loved the way it looked. I loved the way that like I had this 3d game that shouldn't exist on my console. Um, and I, I don't know. I like the goofy eyes. I like the, I like the fact that there's a bonus bicycle, uh, character, um, to help you get your highest speed trials at the end of the game, because you had to like bust your ass to complete the game hundred percent to get that bike. And then you had to bust your ass on top of that to like get the fastest times. And it was all about anticipating like turns because I would say it's a game less about like learning how the controls work. And it's a game more about learning how the frame rate works. So you can anticipate what you need to be doing ahead of time to get through that corner, which is a weird thing to say, but it almost becomes part of the gameplay. The fact that it's latent, I guess. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it certainly has its charm. Like, like you said, the the models are great and the way they explode kind of too, and then reform. Yeah. That's really awesome. I mean, it's just, it's definitely a better looking game than Star Fox, but I feel like Star Fox plays better. And I don't know if that's like Star Fox doesn't have the greatest (laughs) frame rate either, but so I don't know why they were able to pull off better handling in that. Well, at least nobody told me to do a barrel roll, I guess, in Stunner Racing. That's true. Sounded just like that. Yeah. Well, I'm not at all bitter about that conversation. I guess I'll move. move oh, it wasn't that game. bad. Relax. Let's move on to something better, should, though. They really should have made like Excite Bots when that came out. They should have made that stunt race characters oh, instead. Close, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. You know, I've owned that for years and I've still never played it, but I don't know. Oh, Kmart clearance for like three bucks. Remember Kmart kids? Um, <laughs> next game, rock and roll racing with an N is it's cool. Uh, yeah. Exclamation point. If you didn't catch that, my tone uh, with music and engines screaming, pick your car drivers and weapons and slam into gear. The world famous racer, a race announcer, world famous. Tell me if you guys have heard of him. Larry Supermouth Huffman. Absolutely. Anybody? <laughs> okay, he's famous. Uh, at the mic and some of the greatest rock and roll music of all time, setting the tone. It's time for the line. Uh, using laser cannons, cluster bombs, super boosters to annihilate your competition. Your racing skills are pitted against truly gruesome field of lead-footed crazies as you race to different planets. I love that description. It looks like they just threw everything in there. Who's Larry Supermouth Huffman? Wasn't he the guy that did NBA Jam? It doesn't doesn't sound right, (laughs) but maybe. I don't know. I mean, we just, I just apologize for my butchering of history before. So maybe it wasn't. I feel like he was. It's kind of got the same tone. Yeah. I I I feel like we, we need a fact check there. The computers are working on it. The results are in, ladies it's and gentlemen. Larry Huffman obituary, so Uh-oh. I'm thinking it's oh. not the same guy. 
No, it's not the same dude, I don't think. Close, though. Maybe. Relative. Game. This might be the best voice in a console game I've heard. Like, yeah. they really spent a lot of resource on that, I think. I think they spent a lot of resource and budget on that and trying to make bad assimilations of good rock music and right. questionable choices on occasion uh, where they maybe could have spent a little more on the game design. I almost to the point where like, are they doing this so they don't get sued? Like, are they like, Oh yes. It's <laughs> just like slightly the tables on? putting these in. I think that was my, my first, first question was, did they really make deals with all these people? Uh, and, uh, you know, I'd love to know if, if they sure actually they did. did. Yeah, most likely not. It was just slightly off where um, it's a little unrecognizable. Uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's close enough like Crewball on um, the Genesis. I'm sure they license these songs. You really I think would, so? I would almost admit. Well, they well, and the, they led with it because of the whole title. Like, I think that's the whole yeah. gimmick, you know? Yeah, they just... uh they just re-released this game and they put like this actual songs in it. Really? Like they licensed the, Oh, that's right. The blizzard collection. The, yeah. Yeah. So it's got the like CD quality. Interesting. Songs in there. Here's what I, I appreciate about the game. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of this game. Um, because I like RC pro am and I love, uh, you know, the Ivan's, um, uh, off-road on on the nes yeah and so it plays very similar where it's slightly chaotic when you're like trying to figure out the turns and just that that angle that it kind of sets you up at you're you're trying to turn right and you're kind of going uphill i don't know it, it's there's a charm to that that i really appreciate and i mean you can't really go wrong with battling other vehicles and grinding all the way through and i really appreciated that and it does seem a little over the top where they're throwing you know everything in the kitchen sink they're like oh if we didn't get you with blowing up cars we'll get you with heavy metal and then we'll get you with you know xyz but i think overall yeah. it's it's a really it's a really solid game personally yeah, and like it's funny because like your comparisons to RC Pro and Ivan, because like it's RC Pro from a gameplay perspective for me. It's Ivan with the inner race upgrades. I I had a little different take on it though, because like I think Ivan benefits from a single screen. You know where you're at at all times. Yep. RC Pro has always like effed you with you have to anticipate and memorize courses. Yep. And this stuck that this game stuck with that probably for its detriment um, and that isometric sort of angle, even though they have the grid on the track and it's totally manageable. You can, you can learn it. You can get through it. Um, once you know the course, it, it's like, it's, and I'm not saying I don't like it. It's a great game, but it is almost like they're putting lipstick on a pig. You know what I mean? It's like they could have done some things to make the racing experience better while still have like had this cool heavy metal theme to it. But instead they kind of, really went for the theme and maybe could have made a little better gameplay. Um, it's, it's still totally manageable. Like I said, it's just, it's a memorization racing game, which isn't as good as like an intuitive feeling racing game um, is, is really my only complaint, but yeah, to your point, it, 
if you're a fan of either of those franchises, you're going to love this game. It's, it's good. Was I'm trying to remember the RC program games. Were they as zoomed in <clears throat> as this game was like, I felt like this was you're watching the map. You're hardly even looking right. at the car at this point. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the uh, sprite size being bigger, you're correct. did make this a little more congested feeling. And, and it's then, really not a problem until you start getting like the crisscross tracks and stuff. And it's like, oh, if I'm slightly off of this angle, like I just screwed the pooch in yeah. this whole thing, you know? And that always and confuses like, me. The crisscross, like, do I turn? Do yeah. I not turn? Especially yeah. if you're either way behind or way ahead and you don't know, <laughs> you, you can screw yourself really fast. Yeah. And like, you know, a lot of those early isometric games kind of there was like either you're turning or you're turning really hard. There's only like two states that you're in. Yeah. Where like this, I feel like you can just be slightly to the right, slightly to the left, and you can't hardly even see it in, you know, the way you're driving until you hit the wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's super touchy. You're right. Especially when you're like trying to anticipate those power ups that you missed in the previous lap. And you're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, nobody can see that. But the sound effects was me swerving left and right for the oh, audio listeners. I thought it was giving uh, yourself personal. Hey, oh. yo. <laughs> Power up. <laughs> yeah. Are we I, doing a Byron burn on the soundtrack? <laughs> Maybe. We should one of these days. Yeah. Byron well, burn just could, strictly on soundtracks. You could almost tell from the game design that the developers kind of realized that they had made a super touchy product because every track has that grid pattern and it only, you know, it only has that grid pattern, not because it's futuristic and cool, but because it's the only way you can gauge depth. Yeah. There's really your, I mean, your Sprite doesn't zoom in and out. Like that's your only indicator. Yep. Um, which it's smart that they laid that on the track, but also, you know, a, a clear indicator that they knew they had an issue and they, they try to compensate for it. Um, I don't think it ruins the game, um, but I would have loved to have seen, you know, like RC pro and perfected. Like how do you, yeah. how do you really adapt that better? You know, I, I feel like this is the 16 bit equivalent of RC pro am. And that's awesome. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think there could have been some tweak. I don't, I don't know what, I don't have suggestions here, but it left me just thinking back to where I got with RC pro in the NES days and like you'd, you'd do good, right? You'd, re- you'd memorize it. You'd progress. Then the AI would get super shitty and like ridiculously rubber bandy and everything just became frustrating to the point that you wanted to put it down. And I, and I think the, I point, don't know that they got away from that here. The point of RC pro am I, I feel is very different. Yeah. You want to complete the race, but you're also destroying things and, um, you destroy stuff in RC Pro. There's bombs and missiles. Right. And- I, I, yeah, I feel like there. Yeah, there's definitely some strategy to it, but I feel like the intentions of this is more. I'm going to ram into things and approach it that way. But I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. I I don't know. I guess I was always so far in the lead that I never had to hit anybody else outside the first quarter laps. <laughs> I'm not sure. You're I'm so sure, awesome. You're so awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the last game. Um, Top Gear 2. So um, played this game at top speed. 
Uh, you'll scream through 64 cities and 16 countries at 200 plus miles per hour, experience twisting, turning, flipping, and jumping action, either solo or head to head. The more races you win, the more prize money you'll receive. Uh, the more money you have, the more upgrades you can buy. Arm yourself with the best engine, tires, armor, transmission, and race day or night, rain, shine, fog, or snow. Top Gear 2, there's nothing half fast about it. Isn't it more money, more problems? Not more upgrades? Maybe. The upgrade <laughs> curve in this game is difficult. <laughs> you know, like, you're yeah. starting with zero money. Next engine, $20,000. Good luck. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's 20 be, bucks. Right. I'll be grinding away for a while. So top gear um, two is very different than one. We discussed this ahead of time. And, um, you know, three is, is probably a little more accurate to two than one. One kind of stands by itself. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like this is a very traditional, racing game uh you know the stuff that we grew up playing on the nes um you know the rad racers etc and the graphics look great really appreciate that i'm not a huge fan of yeah starting with absolutely nothing and grinding your way to i mean you just essentially have to buy the turbos and then you're good but um just getting to that point uh, it takes a lot for me to get excited about that style of game um, and the the playability and longevity of it. I have a hard time doing, you know, just like Rad Racer. I probably have never gotten past the second level of that. Just I lose interest really fast. That's more of a personal issue. That's <laughs> not anything to do with the actual game, but overall. The look is really, really nice, especially when you compare it to these other two games. I think it, I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely got like the 3D models when the card goes sideways, going through tunnels, like the yelling out, like the little caption bubbles. I, I think this is. I don't think this is reminiscent of the previous gen. I think it is the evolution of Rad Racer. In fact, I actually think this is more like a indie take on outrun than anything oh yeah it's mm -hmm. it's it's an ambitious game in scale right because you're starting out with 18 cars like the depth of field in this game is so much greater than most other games at the time i was a huge fan of which we've talked about on the show like nigel mansell's like this is a more arcadey version of this this is a game that doesn't give a shit if you f up like you have to get good if you want to get that number one slot and get the cash money or even top five to get some money to upgrade your stuff um it's punishing. It's punishing from the get go. If you can't, if you can't get a good first lap, uh, it's a tough game. You're gonna There's struggle. There's no rubber to get banding. To, yeah, you're not no. gonna crawl right back. Yeah, you have to get good at everything. I in, I I appreciate it for that, and I think that's why I sunk so much time into this as a kid is because I had to get that level of skill and like get everything right and. That's why I kept gravitating towards it. And I love the, I love the variety. So the other games we talked about, there's different courses there's different stuff. Like sure. There's some variations in, in how tracks look, but like, there's not the dynamic pretty one dimensional, um, right? It, there's no like night and day cycle. There's no rain. There's no train differences. Um, this is a like 
super arcadey game that builds upon what had come before it, but also gives you this whole depth as far as like progression with all the races and just the amount of stuff you have to overcome, I think to be good at it. Um, I love that it has save points too. And I think every what five, six courses you get through, you get like a code so you can get restart. Um, it's the only, which is rare for games like that. Right. The only thing I, I can really say that I, did not enjoy about this game is I, I love the soundtrack. It's simple. Uh, I love the soundtrack, but you do not get to enjoy the soundtrack because it's essentially a drifting game. So between the constant engine noise and the shrieking of tires around corners, you're not going to hear much else. Um, that could have been better done. Is anybody concerned yeah, I, about the, like when you win, what that guy looks like you guys ever, like when you I, get to the end of the, like the championship guy and he has the bottle of champagne strategically placed. Look it up. I did not win. Yeah, um, I didn't win. So I don't know. Yeah. I used to win, but I forgot what that looks like. Yeah. From look childhood. it up, zoom in there and be like, Oh, that's yeah, really, little, really strange. A little odd. Yep. So I the celebration is very different. So I think it's a pretty good mix. Like you said, I mean, it's got, the outrun but it's not quite it doesn't have the vibe of outrun you know the music and the cruising more of outrun right. it's a little bit more serious but also handles like an arcade and it's got all that other like upgrade stuff like uh like a gran turismo which is pretty cool yeah that they you know that they had all that stuff in there before you know all that stuff really took hold and became more simulation racing which I don't think the Top Gears, the 64 ones really got into that as much. They would be, they were more arcade ones too, weren't they? I don't remember. Yeah, they were pretty, pretty arcadey. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was, it's pretty good. I mean, also with rock and roll racing, these two formats of racing games were pretty tired. Yeah. Probably by the time they came out. So there's enough of them. While, so while Ryan is off the camera right now, I can talk about how. Uh, oh, can't talk about it anymore. He's got. He's back. I was gonna. I was gonna compliment uh, stunt race effects for a second, but they're back, so I can't. Nope. Continue to trash. This was pre-planned. Yep. Yep. Pre-planned. Um, <laughs> so what I, I what I find is really funny with these uh, three games. Is, you know, Ryan grew up playing, you know, one of these games. You probably played one of these as well. I feel like all of these got completely overshadowed by like F-Zero or or whatever. These never, you know, at that time they never hit my radar. And and so it was, everything was F-Zero, F-Zero. Um, you know, that's the more superior racing game. That's what everyone wants to play. The speed and... And all of that stuff. And and so, unfortunately, these games kind of got overshadowed by it. But I kind of enjoyed playing all three. I feel I feel like Top Gear 2 was pretty huge. And Rock and Roll Racing was pretty big. I mean, F-Zero was great, but it was a launch game, right? It was like right out there at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all three are I mean, good. I, I would like them for my collection. I've, I haven't <laughs> seen them, so. Yeah, Rock and Roll Racing was the only one that I never played as a kid. Um, Stun Race and Top Gear 2 I played 
That's fun. yeah. I, rock and roll is the only one that I did play as a kid. Oh really? Because I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so I played the Sega. Yeah. One. Nice. And you know, anytime you went to a friend's and wanted to play a racing game on Super Nintendo, it was Mario Kart. You know, yep. pretty much every time. So. I never really got too much exposure to any of this other stuff. Right. Well, is it time to give a verdict on which one we would buy, rent, and burn? And I'll do my best to bite my tongue and not tell you why you're wrong. Oh, you'll Uh, interrupt every second of it. We'll start off with Biff. All right. Uh, This is tough. I, I think we all discussed this ahead of time. Just some of the like texting it. I feel like it's not super clear on which one's a buy, rent, burn. Cause I think they're all, they all bring something to the table. They're all pretty fun. Um, and I would say as far as race games, they're pretty, pretty superior. Um, so my, I'm going to start with my burn is going to be top gear two. I feel that. It's good, but I have, again, it's it's more personal than actual game. I just have a hard time playing those types of games. I just don't get really excited about them. Even to this day, some of the new like racing games, I just don't get, I don't really get into them. It's kind of like sports games for me. Uh, so that's going to be my burn, uh, not because it's a crappy game, but I had to pick one. My rent is going to be race stunt. FX stun races state wild stun, tracks in Japan wild tracks Japan um that's going to be my rent i think it's a good game i there's a kitty factor to it that i i wasn't overly excited about playing as an adult now um if the game was strictly the stunt courses and a huge variation of them i i would it would probably be my buy just because that was really fun. Uh, but that is going to be my rent and my buy is going to be rock and roll racers. Racing. Racing's. Do you, do you want to run the show? Do you want to just I'm, keep I mean, on just correcting trying to get the, ga- the name of the games right? <laughs> you know what? I'm I sorry. It's my job. We've been talking about them for the last 34 Ida. minutes. I think people figured it out. So, um, <laughs> Sorry, that was, again, medication. I'll get back on it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's just got the things that I like, you know, destroying things, rock and roll. Uh, I love RC Pro-Am, and this was kind of a a nod to that um, in, a, in a little slightly different way. But I would say that that was my buy. Andy, what do you got? I'm going to agree. My buy is rock and roll racing because it's a pretty good version of that isometric racing. Not quite as good as like off-road. You can't spin a wheel and grab it at the perfect time. Uh, But, you know, at the very least, you got good music. You can't have a bad game if you have some of the best music in it, right? Headphone jack, whatever. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) If can't have the real thing right so you got to have the fake stuff i don't know no uh (laughs) uh my rent is going to be top gear 2 i had no idea what this game was i would have been all about this game i mean when ps1 hit 
I was into Gran Turismo like crazy. That was probably my favorite game on that whole system. So many hours into that, and this seems like the prototype of that game. Um, so I, I think I would have been into that. Although I kind of agree with Nate that once you see one of those behind the back flat track racers, it's just kind of all the same, right? And uh, for my burn, I'm gonna go the punk, the punk rock band, no effects. <laughs> it's not one of the games. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say just just gonna say no to effects it's not cool all right um hey you did I'm so gonna, good on holding your tongue good job uh, i'm gonna buy stun race effects of course you would oh my god fantastic gosh. you guys are haters it's you're reviewing it now you're not getting into the nostalgia i i immediately like, was by nostalgia no i went back in i immediately fell back into loving it for the reasons that i did before i don't know you have to you have to embrace its shortcomings to realize its awesomeness um i am then going to rent top gear 2 that type of game especially in the super nintendo is right up my alley uh like i said that and nigel man sells hours hours spent trying to complete those campaigns you know they're not graphical powerhouses but what they are is uh, a rewarding experience for your dedication to memorization and just twitch reflexes and um yeah it's i stand by it's kind of an ugly game i mean it's got some cool effects but it's an ugly game for the super nintendo but i don't know i just i like that there's 18 cars I like that I'm drifting around corners uh, and I like the day night cycle. I think it, I think that harkens back to my um, night driver days on the 2600. It wasn't actually night. It's just like black was easier to put on screen than <laughs> graphics. And uh, I kind of connected with that and I'm going to burn and not because it's a bad game because Nate think, likes it, but go no, on. I think we, I think we hit on it, right? Like I think we hit on why I'm okay with burning this one and it's that, it's an approximation of two of my favorite games from the previous console generation, RC prom and uh, Ivan Stewart's off-road racing because of the nostalgia factor. I would gravitate towards both of those before I'd like really want to pick up this. And that's not because it doesn't do a good job of enhancing on those things. It's just, I didn't play this as a kid. Um, it's a good game. It's a really good. All these are great games to be honest. Um, I just, <clears throat> nostalgia is taking the day here. Um, so that's where I land, but they're all good. I think you'd really Shame like virtual racing, burning stunt race effects, Andy. <laughs> Shame. I, I, you bought me a boxed copy of this game. Why didn't you just set it on fire? Uh, should have done it right in front of them. Hey, hey I got you a game. Let, let's say at least say do not play top gear directly before stunt race effects play stunt race effects first yeah and then I think, ramp up yeah the tier is stunt race then you have to detransition a step with uh rock and roll racing yeah, okay. then you really have to take that last step back to just strictly 2d with yeah top gear too that's a good that's a good precautionary tale <laughs> and and it's another byron bird in the books uh yeah so that was a fun one. I, you know, I, I 
Nate and I were talking a little bit yesterday too. It's like, it's, it's tough when you do a Byron burn like that, where I overstayed my welcome in all three of those games. I spent over an hour on all of them. Uh, and normally I would give them like, I don't know, 20 minutes to prep for a show. And, uh, I could have kept going in every single case, I think. Yeah. And all of them are hampered by the time period, right? Like right. two of them, two of them were played out and the other one was not baked enough. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? It was half baked. Yep. Speaking of half baked. I'm back to thinking I should sell most of my collection again. Uh, this is I'll half-baked be, be idea that we talk about every 18 minutes. months on this podcast. Am I crazy? I'm just thinking I don't use it anymore. I love it. But the, the joy of hunting because I got everything is gone. The, I mean, plus, I don't know. It's going to bust eventually, right? People got Biden money right now. They're throwing it on eBay. <laughs> so this is kind of interesting because I have one of my topics tonight was kind of about this and something that I've been thinking about a lot as well. Uh, you know, there there was a point where, and, and some of it was probably frustration with just some of the like arcade projects that I was working on and whatever else, but I was just kind of laying on my couch and looking around and like, why do I have all of this stuff? And Ryan tends to rub off on me sometimes. <laughs> okay. Context this Biff, back it up. What? I, I said to influence you. No, you maybe? rub off on me. Nope. Not the right wording. <laughs> you know, I'm going to stick with that. So Ryan's okay. rubbing me. Uh, rubbing off on me and uh, not better rubbing me <laughs> off. I don't know. Anyways, um, where you kind of get in that funk and why do I have all this stuff? I got a giant basement and it's filled with crap and it's crap that I like. I would say that my love towards it is it's a love hate relationship sometimes. Um, I know that feeling. But a way that I kind of got over it, and this is probably a temporary solution, uh, you know, I kind of rearranged things and I, I moved things around, uh, added some shelves, added a giant arcade in my, my basement, which made me move everything. And after I did that, I really I kind of started appreciating the items again and my kids have been playing a lot more more than i have and and that's been kind of cool to see too so there's a part of me that thinks that maybe they'll you know growing up though they might appreciate it a little bit more i don't know you know just like a living room sometimes you get bored with the layout and you move a couch you move a tv and then you're like oh i kind of like this maybe that's what you need to do with your game room yeah, but I feel like I can get better functional furniture and it serves a day-to-day purpose. I feel like having this collection that I love but don't use is just a waste in terms of... Who uses their collection, though? It's called a collection. 
I don't, yeah, sure. But I didn't start out to be a collector, right? I was a gamer. Yeah. My passion was playing NES games and I wanted to play more of them and experience more of them. And then that fell off years ago, you know, through, through not like my, my love for it isn't gone, but like I have different responsibilities and children and I don't know. I just, I don't want my NES collection to become something where it's a box full of 2,600 carts under somebody's table. And I feel like the more and more we go to swap meets and the more and more we go, like I haven't been to an expo, obviously none of us have been in a while. It's progressing towards that. So, and even my Jaguar, my God, I love my Jaguar collection. <laughs> you were I, just I text think, me. I if think you find any last, Jaguar stuff, you I take know, a picture, let me know. Cause I would, I would buy it. But I think the last time I played my Jaguar was when you were over like two years ago, yeah. probably over two years ago. It's a piece of crap. No, fuck you. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like my wonder Swan. I, I think I've turned that on. Like, boy, when I do my wonder Swan video, like seven years ago, forever ago. To. So I don't know. Okay. And, like, but I mean, yeah, people ahead. that buy antiques and sports cards and all that stuff, like they're not, they don't even have a chance to do anything with them. Right. Sure. So like you saying that you're not able to, you're not playing it as much doesn't mean take away from what it might mean to you. I mean, you're just not into the, the, the game part in general. I don't think it has to do with the amount of collection. I mean, you haven't played your turbo graphics mini yet. Have you? Like <laughs> called out. So like that has nothing to do this with the collection. Completely in box. Yeah. No. That doesn't uh, have anything to do with like having a million carts that you don't use at that point. It's just you're not Yeah, but even it, when it's convenient, you're not necessarily you know. Right. And that's the thing, is like I thought the setting up my new game room the way I have where everything is like easy to grab would be the thing, but I'm almost to the point where like I just want the space for something different like i just i almost just don't even like the room i'm sitting in right now i could do something else with i don't know make a love room uh yeah i'd probably need a new wife too but a little 50 um, shades of gray action yeah well you can come over here and i'll rub one i'll rub off on you <laughs> <laughs> like that i don't know like i go through it and like i just don't know i mean i know i would keep some right and i was watching my retro life and I was watching his video explaining why he sold off his collection. And for anyone who's watched his YouTube channel, it's, it's all about like the videotapes and like the nostalgia and like rewatching him and his dad collect these games together. And he explains that he sold off his collection because he realized that his drive to continue collecting, even though he loved it, was just like pointless and that it was it was forming the new memories with his kids. So he sold everything off and now he just collects games that him and his kids, his daughter can like, they're, they're redoing it. Right. Like it's modern day. Like he's, he's doing for his kids, what his dad did for him. And I think I could maybe be okay with that. Like if I got rid of the backlog um, and just started going like current, like let's say previous gen forward with my kids I think I could probably get behind that because I could emulate so much that I think the thing that I hesitate more on than anything is dealing with selling it. 
like because I have such an attachment to so much of it for certain reasons and like how I got it and deals and locations. Like I think I would have a memories with with me. (laughs) Yes. Uh, with, with a lot of people, uh, I think the, I think the hardest part would be like somebody nickling and diming me over that and just, and that's why I'll just buy it hang on to it but for you. <laughs> i don't want you to have it either because that doesn't fix my problem because i'm gonna see it at your place which i know sounds horrible but yeah but you can come over and, and pet it anytime <sighs> yeah i mean you've talked about just even paring down a lot too i mean you still have a lot of stuff that you probably aren't really attached to right i know when i went but. to we probably talked about this a while back when I, when I came over to your house, cause you wanted to sell a few items that was hard mm-hmm. for you. I could tell. Yeah. And, I didn't like it. Yeah. And I go over to your place and I see those things and I get pissed that I sold them to you. I'll, and it doesn't like, again, that it sucks. I'll give you a good deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could tell that something that you're like, wow, this storage thing is cool. And I know it's so stupid that i have it because it's sitting in my garage not even in my game room um that was hard for you to even part with and i didn't even ask about it but um yeah some of those items that weren't even in your game room we have a hard time so that would be kind of interesting if you actually start pulling more games stuff like that i would have to like approach somebody and be like give me your price on buyout of X systems. Like, I mean, that's how I would have to do it. Like I, I just couldn't like bear to list things out like one at a time and just, right. Yeah. That would be tough. Good. I mean, after I go through it, of course. <laughs> I'll sell it to Andy. Andy can give you a deal. How's that Andy, Andy gives me good deals. Deal. <laughs> he probably Andy gives me, me better good deals. Better Andy deals gives than me good you. deals too. And so do you. And like that's part of the reservation too, is like all these people that help me get all this stuff all this time. It's like, what do you do then? Like, you know, I don't know. I haven't given you squat. I didn't I get an NES box from you or a couple yeah. of virtual boy box. I mean, not that I didn't I gave you a turbo and yeah. we're pretty fair to each other. I think between the three of us. We usually generally I gave you that right. Atari 2600 box. Was it 2600 or 50, 5200? 26. Yeah. 26. Yeah. It's in the back room still. Memories. And that thing's immaculate, by the way. That, bo- that box is, you're, t- you're thinking about the controller. The, the controller. controller yeah. 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 Controller was yeah. minty fresh. I thought yeah. it was a repro. It's good. It's a good one. So I got it. It's a good one. It's, somewhere i was just looking up at it because like there i've got that and then i've got that factory sealed baldies that andy gave me so so that's what i'm talking about like that's the stuff is like you look at that crap and get rid of it our listeners right now are packing up their cars and they're like heading to north dakota (laughs) they're like he's having a bad week again because i do this like every 18 i do this every 18 months i'm like i should sell everything that just makes the most sense but i don't know don't do anything crazy I won't. Uh, the most room takes. I mean, the the stuff on the walls. That's just walls, right? Like right. that's decoration. But the thing that takes up stuff that I even look at, like I have this CRT with you know twenty some consoles hooked up to it at a moment's notice, and I never use it. You know, it's like right. uh, just use an emulator right away. So it's like, well, that part takes up a lot of room, and it's like, well, maybe that's the part. 
that just needs to go away. I don't know. But then that's also the part that you're like saying, these are, these are decorations now. These are not games. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you're right on the convenience piece. Cause like, yeah, I set up this whole entertainment center when I moved in to like, be like, I want to be able to play any game at any given time. And like, the reality is, is that I almost haven't done that. So like, yeah, you, you know, I could almost dismantle the console shelf wall mount the TV, add another row of shelves and probably be content for the most part and then pull something out of the box if I needed to. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just been tough. Like I've been mulling it over seriously again and, and it's not, and Nate and I talked about it too. It's not that I don't love gaming. It's not that I don't love the memories I've had with it and that I'm not passionate about it and want to continue to talk about it. It's just, do I need all this? I don't know. You're just being realistic. I mean, really, none of us have the time to play it. Yeah. You know, we really have time to podcast anymore, which is the reality of it. I feel like in this vulnerable moment, we need to attack like the inner collector in me is like, let's get them. But the friend in me is like, it's okay, (laughs) buddy. We've all been there. So I'm really tormented right now with uh, the angel and demon on my shoulder. Thing. I know. Yeah. But now that you're like, I'm going to sell it, I'm, like, I'm going to buy it all. I, I mean, I've never had that. I've, I've always been like, oh, this is going for 50. Goodbye. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You're like, you're, so I've never had that, but I'll get it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, and so that you bring up a good point. Like, I think it was different for me when like I was a kid collect, cause I started young, right? college high school hustling and I sold some stuff and like I got more back into it but I think it was different when it was work like I had a budget I had limited time I had I still had responsibilities but like well one there was still a possibility of finding the rare gem on the wild it's different when you progress to a position where yeah my goal was to get a complete Nintendo entertainment collection I can, I've worked to a point where if I wanted that, that's within my grasp. Mm -hmm. That's not a question, but that's not what was fun about it. You know what I mean? Right. So like, that's a huge thing for me too. And like that curved like downward so much, my, my, uh, incentive to chase that. I don't know that. And that sounds stupid, but it's true. Like it really did affect how I looked at it. Like when I deviated from my, I will not pay $5 more than $5 for anything like rule. And then as that became more of a stretch goal and then as became not a problem at all. Um, I don't know. All at the same time is that's becoming the requirement to finish a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. 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 Is paying that. Yeah. You're not going to find those top hundred games in a dustbin at a garage or at a thrift store marked incorrectly. And there's so many NES games that were, well over that threshold the last few years but yeah i don't know i'm sure i'll have a different perspective in a couple months maybe but if not check andy's amazon account i guess whoa <laughs> all sorts of games oh my gosh you picked him over me huh that's <laughs> how we're gonna do it you have you have to choose now i want this in a, in a will can't do it Okay, fair enough. I'll leave it to Cestus. Not that. All right, buddy. You got it all. Congratulations. Make your way to the U.S. 
Come to North Dakota. You heard it. Ryan's going to give it all be swimming away. in Amiibos. It'd be worth the journey. Yeah, you can. Oh, God, the Amiibo. Yeah, you, you have, have to take them all take boxed. all of them. You <laughs> cannot open the box, though. <laughs> you must keep the boxes. Oh, uh, that's awesome. So I have some news that you guys are not excited about, but I think it's worth talking about. Uh, the new Fortnite season dropped last week, and I was actually kind of excited about it. I, I kind of dropped out of Fortnite for a while, and seeing my son, you know, Epic does a good job of putting a timer on on some of the screens that you know something new's coming, maybe a new season, and sometimes they're really good at changing it so they they do that quite often is pushing out the dates but to see my son so excited about this to the point where it's it's probably like 5 a.m and he's like dad it's time let's go and we were downstairs and watching the new video together to see him so excited about that like us being excited about new releases of our, you know, being kids or or whatever, this was that for him. And so that just made me, even though the game is, you know, controversial in this podcast of whether it's good or worth your time or whatever, like that was cool that he was so excited about that. And I really appreciate what um, Fortnite was doing this season. So obviously there's a weird story and weird backstory and all that stuff, but they kind of paid tribute to some cool video game characters in there. So obviously Laura Croft uh, was was chosen. And first of all, I think what it's funny. What does chosen mean? Do they get like a letter like the Smash characters? Or how does this work? Um, so it's like skins. You know, it is oh. transactional, of course, if you have the battle pass. And the you know, my son never, we had to buy the battle pass once and it was nine ninety nine. And then you work up tiers and as you progress, you get skins or V bucks or whatever it is. And so I taught him to save your V bucks. And at the end you have enough for the next battle pass. And so you never have to buy another battle pass. Just use those V bucks that you get. And so that's what he's done. And so you just have to do it one time. And as long as they don't get a little trigger happy going through the shop and, oh, I just spent all my V-Bucks and now you're screwed. Um, But yeah, so they have the Laura Croft skin. So you had to get to level, I don't know, it might have been like level 10 to get that. And uh, and there's different variations of that, which was really cool. They have a Street Fighter package, which is cool. You know, the Chun-Li's and uh Ryu's and all of that stuff. Um and so it's it's cool that Fortnite is this big juggernaut in the video game world, especially on impressionable young people. And it's cool that they're kind of paying homage to some of these characters where my son's like, who who's who's Laura Croft? And you know, explaining it, which I think is funny anyways, because I was telling Ryan uh, as they were jumping out of the battle bus, my son always zooms the screen down to her butt. <laughs> and I was like, oh, buddy, 
those were the days of PlayStation when we were like getting her in a corner and zooming around. And yeah. uh, I was like, so, yeah, he texted to me. I was like, yeah, I was more of a backer into a corner and zoom in or tits kind yeah. of guy. But yeah, it just, <laughs> it, you know, the things that we did as kids that, that I was catching them doing, it was, it was so funny, but I think that brought me a lot of joy and kind of got me back into it where he's just been excited about it and excited about the progression of levels and all that kind of stuff. So you said something interesting and like, I get Laura Croft, but like, isn't it sort of bonkers to have street fighter characters from like a fisticuffs fighting game carrying guns? Does he just Hadouken everything or what happens? (laughs) (laughs) It is like carrying guns. So it is so fucking weird. It is so bizarre. And, and even seeing, I mean, seeing the characters in this, this form is strange, but that's kind of what Fortnite does. They, uh, cartoon them up or, or whatever it is. But, um, and he loves street fighter. We've talked about that a lot. Like he loves street fighter and for him to be like, Oh my gosh, right. Use it. I'm like, Oh man, this kid, this kid is so excited about <laughs> Fortnite, And, uh, so we've been playing quite a bit. I've been trying to get other people to play that hate the game. Yeah, you asked me and then I sent you like some meme where it was like Fortnite be like and it's just a robot pressing the same button over and over again. <laughs> Which Fortnite I will give Fortnite credit, it is not like that. It is just not a game that I get into, but there's still like way more people that love it than hate it. So your son's into it, right? My son loves it, yeah. He was playing it earlier today too. And then his switch died. He's like, I was about to eat a golden apple and I ran out of battery. I'm like, charge your <laughs> switch, son. Like, that's what you got to do. Yeah, I haven't, kids haven't hopped in there yet. I'm sure they're, they know about it, but they haven't even asked. Surprised. Yeah, but like my son still has like 40,000, so $40 in V-Bucks from his birthday last November, because I still cannot get the Epic Game Store to allow me to properly link my Nintendo Switch ID. Oh my gosh. I think my only option is to uninstall the game. I I don't know, but like I get so frustrated. I just put it down and never went back and he stopped asking. So what a convoluted mess. That's interesting. Like with the talk we just had about how we have the stuff from our kids, the childhood around us and be like, oh, I'm excited about this. This is why I have this. And like, you know, your son has that same excitement about this thing right now that, you know, 10 years from now, it's, it doesn't exist. It's it's just going to yeah. be in the air, you know? Right. Just a memory. <clears throat> just like yeah, some PlayStation like remember games. that one time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a perfect segue because, yeah, they just like this has happened. There's been precedent, right, with other services in the Wii shop. But Sony just announced that they're pulling the plug on the store for PS3 Vita and PSP, um, which I haven't, I haven't done my research to see if that means you can re-download things that are technically in your possession or not. But I have a huge backlog for all those consoles, well, not the PSP. Um, but well, actually, that's not true because of the Vita I do too, um, through PlayStation Network, and I've mm-hmm. run out of space on all of those devices to download more. So. I'm potentially flushing a ton of these games away. Now you can make the argument that during those era of those consoles, most of that stuff got printed to disc, which is true. Um, But there's a lot of indie stuff. Even the PS3 particularly pushed that hard for a while. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and those games are just going to be forever wiped as of this summer, which is sucky. And it's just the reality of a digital era, you know? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, even a lot of first party stuff. They made yeah. a lot of first party digital stuff and it's just gone. Yeah. I, and, you know, back to thinking about selling, like to me, that's almost my reason to just, okay, if I can't re download what's technically in my possession for my Vita, I might as well get rid of it. I have like eight Vita games and I have the Vita PlayStation TV. So I don't even have the true Vita. So most of what I could play was PSP games that were given to me free through PSN or indie games. And if I can't access those now, like that thing is pretty much a brick to me. You know, I, I guess I could mm-hmm. hack it. Um, but that's a, that's a huge disappointment. Yeah, I guess I didn't look into that myself either, but I'm assuming if they're shutting down the store, that means they're shutting down the download part of it too, right? I would think so. I think that's kind of, that was the ultimatum with the Switch or the Wii eventually was like, yeah, yeah. it's just get it while you can and have it downloaded because, right, you're not going to keep those servers spinning forever. Yeah. I wonder, you know, five years from now, are there, like, oh, this PS3 has this game on it, and you know? Yeah. I don't know if that really happened with the Wii or not. Oh, that'd be really interesting, selling whole systems. I mean, there yeah. were people selling PT for a while, like on their yeah. PS4s, but like that even became more complicated because you couldn't even hook it up to the internet, otherwise it would wipe it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah. I would imagine, I mean, there's got to be some resource, resourceful people out there who are like backing these up, like they did with the WiiWare, you know? Yeah. And that's the sad part is, is like the stuff that is truly lost. Like it sucks that you have to resort to piracy to get to experience something that a group of people put so much effort into and wanted you to play. Um, Granted, they wanted to make revenue off of it too, but nobody wants their work lost for all time. Right. I think people would rather give it away for free than have it just disappear altogether. Yeah. I think so too. At least give a last hurrah about it you know yeah you know it's funny because like when they were mentioning that and they're talking like psp i was like what what and then i forgot oh yeah the, the psp go like the only like all digital oh yeah that like, thing's a <laughs> go in the garbage now yeah well and those are like a mod machine right like that's why everyone started buying and was like i'm just gonna mod this and have everything yeah. but yeah it's crazy well it's even worse when do you heard the news about what potentially is wrong with the PS4s? Oh. The there's some hacker out there basically claiming that if the internal clock battery dies on your PS4, you cannot play a, any of your digital games or any discs. What? Yeah. It just I read that as well. It bricks the system. It just bricks the system. Can you replace I mean, yeah, the battery? I'm sure, I'm sure you can replace the battery and it would probably probably boot up and be fine again, but that's just that's nuts. That is nuts. How did this and come about? All, like you went well, on his or what? It's all due to the trophies. Like they didn't want people messing around with like date and time on trophy data. So they like hard coded it into something that <laughs> bricks the system. Well maybe they can patch that at least before it becomes like a mass yeah. problem. Right? Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure they're working hard on that. <laughs> I mean, I would hope that's bullshit. Uh, These hackers just buy the PS5s. I mean, you don't have an option. You're not going to get their next gen console. So it's quite the news to come out at the the exact moment of the 
you know, closing the digital stores. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny too, because since we're down the PlayStation rabbit hole, there was like that uh, exploit that came out 27 years after the PlayStation. So <laughs> somebody made some software called Tony Hacks, and you can use a save state on a memory card for PlayStation 1, boot up uh, Tony Hawk 1 or, t- or 2 or 3, go into the create a character menu, and then l- this because of the save state, loads this hack, and you can then boot burned games uh, without modding, complete soft mod, wow. no adjustment to your PlayStation console at all. It's wow. kind of incredible. Granted, you have to spend like, what, two to three minutes to get through the loading screens, get into the menu, mm. but still neat. I don't know how many people need to do that these days, but I just love that Tony Hawk is <laughs> the entry point pushing the way for piracy on the on the PlayStation. <laughs> it Just as many consoles as it's sold, it will now jailbreak, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of piggybacking off of that Fortnite thing too, a little bit. Um, I'm pretty excited for that Monster Hunter Rise coming out on Friday. And um, I'm really eager to get back into another Monster Hunter experience. So like Nate, I'm really planning on buying two copies. My son is such a freak that I think he'll love. I think he could do it. I think, yeah, I think he will love the ins and outs of how you get good at a game like that. So beyond some of like the language barrier stuff, I'm really looking forward to him kind of getting in there with me and just like tackling some of these monsters. Um, from the early reviews I've heard, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Like they're saying, it's almost like they took what Monster Hunter was before and tried to um, push quality of life and like get to the action faster improvements into the series, but almost in a separate way than uh, World did. It's almost like they forgot World existed and they don't implement much of anything from that, but they make different quality of life improvements, um, which I guess Some I'm more okay. tracking stuff. Right. Well, no. So that's the thing is they give you an owl that does the tracking and eliminates the paintballs. They oh. give you huh. a dog so you can run to the animal faster. I feel like and you're speaking they, in code right now. Yes. And they give you a firefly like whiplash thing so you can <laughs> quickly rebound and get back to enemies before they take off and discontinue your fight. So it sounds like it's a step and a half back, but then like a step forward from what it had been. Um, but it, it, everyone's kind of saying like, it doesn't make as much sense to make it more approachable in the way that world did. But if you want to just get into the action faster and have la- less of a lasting end game, like this is sort of where this lands, which I think is good enough for me. I think I just want to get into more monster hunter and I've done enough of the grinding and the tracking bullshit that I just want to fight stuff and get more gear. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to grab two copies and I'm going to try and try and get my son into that. I think it'd be nice to have a constant companion because it was a little rough kind of going through world and not always having somebody to play with. I mean, Andy and I went through with the majority of that together. I'd say like halfway through the game, probably the last 20 yeah. hours we did together. And then we hit that like new game plus mode and we're like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> 50 hours oh. is good. The grindy. You know, all they need to do is before you head out on mission, say, if you kill this monster, this is what you're going to get. Yes. 
the and they need to fix the matchmaking to where it rubber bands a little more and allows it needs to be more lenient because like you just box mm-hmm. yourself out of friends so fast for playing the game yeah because what was it three people it was like almost impossible right yeah yep it sucked because everybody had to be within x amount of levels yeah. And the and that was the thing, it was like I got super amped when they announced Iceborne and I really wanted to get back into it. But then I realized there was no way I could convince could convince anybody else. And I just did not want to do that grind on my own and I haven't. So Yeah. But yeah, if either of you guys too wanna monster hunter it up again, I'm I've been curious I'm all for it. But I need someone to hold my hand all the way through. It is definitely a good old fashioned find a wiki or watch some video kind of game. Like it is, it's archaic in a way that games aren't anymore, but it's enjoyable almost in spite of that. It's weird. It's kind of like, here's a million weapons, pick one. And now you have to live with this weapon for the rest of your life. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it's so you have to learn it. And you have to memorize, and it's so tough yeah. too because like you're memorizing tells on enemies and like learning when like their animation for like I've been hurt. Like you have, to, it's so it's such a weird game because there's no life bars on anything, right? It's like you're just you're just learning tells of a character model. It's it's something else. But when it's when it's on and you're into it, it's a really good high. Like probably some of the most rewarding victories in gaming. Yep. I mean, it's the same reason people love Dark Souls and Bloodborne and that kind of stuff. It's less punishing in most respects, but. Yeah, well, that'll be out Friday. We'll see. I'll have time this weekend uh, to play it. So. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, playing a lot of Loop Hero. Yeah. So explain this to me. Like, I don't know. I, I don't game. think I can. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I. It's kind of like one of those idle games, but it's not really idle. So you're watching something, but you constantly have to interact with it, even though you're not doing anything with it. You're not doing the action part of it. What is this on? Uh, Steam. I'm playing it on Steam. I think it's PC okay. only right now, but. I don't know. It's it, it, there's something deep in me that I like the you know RPG part of things where numbers go up and this constantly is like, hey, this gear's better. Get this. Get this. It's kind of like Diablo without doing the action. <laughs> if that makes any what? sense. What? No, that doesn't make <laughs> like, any sense. Ha- half I'm the so game confused. is like half the game is like looking over at the other stuff with all the new gear that you're like, hmm, this gear I do you know get one percent of this and oh this regen on this and it's it's most of the game is that sitting in a diablo menu trying to figure out which what's the best armor and i stopped reading that stuff in diablo i was like this one kills people i'm gonna go with this one because it kills people shiny yes uh so what do you do from a gameplay perspective then to get this gear I'm, i'm curious uh so there's a track which is like the loop and your little hero goes around and around and around it. It's kind of like a board game goes around and you're setting pieces down from different cards. So that's you, you build a deck of different cards and they all have different effects on, you know, what monsters spawn and different combinations and stuff like that. And then after a certain amount of cards that you lay down, then there's a boss and 
so it's very much a roguelike kind of in that regard and it's basically setting up your best getting the best armor and best combos in your armor to beat the boss hey it's it's It's, really tough to explain i would enjoy this but i could see like how this is your sort of thing for sure yeah i i don't yeah i think a person is going to hate it or love it it's one of those two but i'm kind of getting toward the end of it too because it just like a lot of these games they get longer you know roguelikes every the farther you get in the game each run gets longer and longer right and if you don't end up getting the right combination of stuff because it's all random anyway at the end it's like well i just wasted an hour you know right so you get pissed and you don't want to pick it back up yeah yeah yeah. i'm kind of at that point Mm. at this game i think i'm on the third boss and i'm just like nah it's okay Hmm. sounds confusing pretty new then i think so okay i don't know but you know my wife has been trying to to, you know she's like oh we should play a game we should play a game no yeah gotcha you know likes harvest moon all those (laughs) we don't do that anymore (laughs) no more baby number 10 coming They don't call me Loop Hero for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's, you know, not a lot of games anymore that are split screen that work really well split screen. Right. And uh, she loves Harvest Moon, the, you know, farming simulators, that type of stuff a lot. And I think she would like crafting games. She hasn't really played one before. And I, I guess Minecraft works, but there's a lot on Game Pass like Astroneer and all this other stuff that I think would be kind of fun, but they're all online multiplayer. So question is. Yes. yes. Get another you, console. You I, I mean, I already like, have the other yes. console, but do you I have to get the buy... other account? Yeah. And then are we playing like across the rooms or are we putting two TVs together? Or. Yeah. Hmm. I saw you a guy need with to a be setup. close enough that you don't need to use headphones to chat back and forth. Yes. Sure. I think it's worth it, though. Yeah? From a cost perspective. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to be buying new games as they come out and just relying on Game Pass for 70% of your stuff, sure. You, and you've got two consoles, right? You still have an extra... Yeah. Yeah, totally do it. 100%. What are you waiting for? Yeah. Get it done. I know. Right now. I saw a setup of two TVs right next to each other and then a very large TV on top of that. So you, you know, a couple plays to the game on the below and then they just watch something in the background on the top. That sounds cool, but it seems like it's a lot. Here's what you do. You already have that giant DLP TV in your bedroom still, right? (laughs) Yes. How do you know that? (laughs) It's, We've talked hey, do you about want it. it? Do, does no, anybody want it? Nobody wants it. Okay. I've, I've known this for years now. So you keep that there. Then what you do is you go to Walmart and you get two of those like cheap ass, like 720p, 32 inch monitors. You put those directly on the ceiling above your each respective side of your bed. You have nightstands, which Who are consoles. That they going each have to, the side. Maybe they'll both sleep in the middle. 
<laughs> sure. Hey. Uh, either way, this still works. And then you each have your console and your nightstand on each side, and then you just run your HDMI cord up. You can lay in bed, just w- look straight up at the gaming, and then if you want to watch TV, it's down there for a distraction. This is perfect. Yeah. yeah. Maybe get a little frisky on occasion. And that vibrations, you know, you just slide that haptic feedback over to her side of the bed. Just see. Yeah. Get those webcams going up on the top of, of the top screens. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Like it's always been my dream setup is to just have like a TV on my ceiling in my bedroom so that I could be so lazy that I don't even have to move my head to just intake. <laughs> I wouldn't trust process. the mouth. Yeah. No, I and that's trust, my fear yeah. too. Like oh, but TVs are so light night. now. <laughs> TVs are so light. Like you could almost get away with it as long as it wasn't directly mounted over your face. Like you're maybe just gonna get like a poke in the rib cage. You'll be fine, right? Just laying, wake up, laying down, waking up with someone dead next to you because the TV want to hear the story about how I lost my left testicle. It's a good one. Yeah. No, I think oh, I think to your point, I think it's totally worth it. It yeah, sucks that you hate, have to I pony up for the extra two. subscription. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, there's like something fundamental, like I just don't want to do that part of it. Buying right. two online subscriptions for. That does but. suck. There's a but way that's around what, it. 30, that's 30 bucks a month. That's less than what people are paying for their cable. It's less than what people are paying for some of their streaming services. Yeah. It's worth it. I think, I think it's justifiable. As long as they don't have to play farming games all the time. Right. No, you've that's, now committed that's the to Overwatch, to right? You don't want to get yelled at because if you invest into this and then she's just telling you what a shit gamer you are and how bad you know, <laughs> the game you're playing, like you're just paying to have your ego bruised, you know? That's not yeah. good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe I'm just paying for something that I don't need in my life. I don't want that part. <laughs> no, I think I think it's I think it'd be totally worth it though. Can't, well, you could almost do that with the Switch, though, right? To a lesser extent, I guess. There's The library's more limited, I guess. So yeah. I'm just thinking, like, with that family plan thing, you can do that. But really, the only games that you could get by without having to purchase two copies of would be the retro stuff. And that's, you yeah. can just sit on a couch and do that anyway. Right. Steam, I think you need two copies of everything, right? I believe. Yes. Yes. At least on Steam, though, most things cost like $3 eventually. Yeah. So, yeah. Just borrow Nate's login when he's not using it. <laughs> yeah. I'd give you mine, but my cousin, or my nephew already plays Modern Warfare on that like five nights a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a little rough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of like, I don't know. I think we're almost moving that direction, right? I think Game Pass has such a presence and is going to continue to have such a presence moving forward that I think, you know, 40% of the game industry will be that platform. Um, I don't think it will cross over to the majority side until further down the road, but I don't know. I don't think you'd be wrong to invest in it early. And you're lucky enough that you have a spouse that is willing to dive in and play games with you, where I'm lucky to get, you know, the passing interest, which is partly my fault. I mean, I guess when, you know, I, 
cheap shot my wife in Smash or pick her up in new Super Mario Brothers Wii and throw her off a cliff because I think it's funny. <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised that she doesn't want to play games with me, but. I mean, it's not like she's going to play Monster Hunter with me, so it's like. Yeah, that's true. It's a very select subset of games, I think. But Yeah, then maybe the analysis is on, do I want to play X? I don't know. What What do you think she would gravitate towards if you guys did? live like what on there now on game pass would be i think i think the one i was looking at mostly was astroneer which is like a crafting i think she'd be be into that since she's into crafting you survival know. or like crafting minecraft type stuff it it's I, it's it's crafting terraforming okay survival i mean you're building base and you're building upgrades sure. and stuff like that well, That's No Man's what Sky is. is on there now. You guys can play that together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> At least I could get away in that one and be like, I, where are you? I am just over in this other planet. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I say go I'm for on, it. I'm on the man's planet. <laughs> My man planet. Can't do that. <clears throat> There's no gender uh, roles in 2021. Yeah. It's yeah. the he, him planet yeah right i yep. don't know buy a buy a three-month card and just see how it goes and then, see how it goes yeah yeah i might be done with it after that point right i might be like i don't know where the other xbox went <laughs> trial run <laughs> i'd say it's worth it speaking of xbox has anyone like seen a s or an x in a store yet no, nope. I've heard the S has been staying in stock, and that's what I've heard too. That's what I was going to ask because, like, I've I've heard people walking in and seeing the S. So I don't know. I have not. I after our conversation of possibly expanding my arcade to that. Yeah, what I is this again? Yeah, which one is this? The naming convention <laughs> uh, sucks, but I still haven't. Yeah, I haven't found anything. Even online, I really haven't had any luck finding anything online that's not, you know, scalped out or, right. you know, whatever. I had a PS5 temporarily in my cart at Walmart. Really? Yeah, then mm-hmm. it crapped out and said it was no longer available. I hesitated oh, yeah. too long because I was like, I don't want it. But it's here, I guess. And then it was gone. Yeah. I was like, okay, on to something else. I mean, we're creeping onto the second quarter now. They said that there would be a massive drop. Actually, this week it was announced that um, Amazon was going to be restocked pretty heavily at some point this week. No specific day, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know how they run. And right. um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens here. I still don't know if I, I do it. You know, I might. I might wait. I'm yeah. I still don't need it. I'm not even remotely close to needing it. I'm actually getting to the point with my PC that I'd probably be fine with unless the until the killer app drops, I'd be fine with just my PC and whatever next Nintendo console comes out. I'm good. Yeah. The Switch you I like, I like PlayStation exclusives, but they don't really have any that I really want on the way. And it seems like there's a decent amount of problems going on with PS5 with yeah. controllers and heating and well, so it's kind of like well maybe just hold on till they maybe tweak 
And Sony's kind of like started that initiative of like, yeah, it might be 18 months later, but it could come to the PC, you know? So yeah, I guess if I could wait and it runs, Oh, I mean, granted there were problems with a lot of the stuff they brought over to PC, but let's assume that gets better. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I'm with you guys. Like I, nothing tickles my fancy with next gen, except maybe the S and the only reason I want the S is just so I'd have another option to have my game pass games in a different room in my house. And that's and the price that's point. strictly it. Well, that's it. Yeah. It's two ninety nine for a game pass machine is how I look at that. Yep. And that's totally reasonable to me. Like, sure. Cause I mean, the prices on ones right now are crazy high, even for used stuff. It's crazy. My brother-in-law sold his, I can't believe what he told me he got. It was like, I want to say it was like almost 200 bucks and it wasn't even the, I don't even know if it was the Xbox <coughs> one S I think it might've been the original OG and wow. we bought it like off Facebook within Just cause you can't hours. buy them anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. You still can't. It's crazy. Jeez. Totally crazy. Huh? <sighs> I, I think I, I'm going to get the X. Yeah. Because I just feel like if you're going to get into the next one, you might as well get the next gen one. Yeah, the, like I the feel like extra the, bells and whistles, right? Yeah. The, the S just seems like it's just like an X that was allowed into the party. <laughs> right. I kind of like the oddity of it. Plus, I like the fact that I'd never put a disc into it because I don't, I don't buy Xbox games. Like, I just stopped yeah. early on and never got into it so like it is mostly just digital for me like i don't know weird especially for so hardcore i i was with 360 in the original like that one just really killed it <clears throat> it is weird like i've definitely played my xbox more than the ps4 this time just because of game pass but right yeah i i hardly have any physical copies of xbox one yeah well they all end up at like six bucks within two years it's crazy mm-hmm. like you almost feel like an idiot for buying them early yeah yeah speaking of physical copies i'm gonna deviate a little bit from i mean not too hard from what we usually talk about but um one of my favorite bands probably maybe my favorite band of all time up there backstreet boys up there. backstreet boys um MXPX announced, they teased it two Fridays ago. Um, They finally reacquired all the rights, publishing rights to all of their stuff. Box set, all 10, not cover albums, but like original full-length releases, full 10 albums, remastered, original masterings remastered for vinyl, colored vinyl, double LPs on four of the records with a... Side D that has logos, a, a book of all the fan letters that have been written to them. They picked a bunch and photocopied them in a uh, cool box set. And then a uh, new slip mat uh, for your turntable. And they announced it. I was in, uh, I was hoping it'd be cheaper than it was. And then they said, <laughs> there's gonna be 1500 copies and it was limit two. And I was like, I have to get this. And then I told Jill, and this was before the price was announced. I'm like, I think I'm going to buy two because here's, here's my reasoning behind this. 
besides the fact that like this is sort of my childhood in a box when i uh, when i back i did a kickstarter and backed there when they kind of came back from like uh i think it was seven years it took them to get this album out they reformed so so for anyone who's not familiar they they technically broke up they kind of got back together put out an album uh diy uh and then they didn't do anything for a number of years so when they did this last album i think 2017 they did a kickstarter so i was excited uh, I did the vinyl bundle it was like 150 bucks and they had three versions of the vinyl that were going to get printed. And with the bundle that I paid for or backed for, I got all three of them. Um, I was super excited to do it. I think it's a great album though. The reality though is, is that whoever they did the vinyl with was not particularly skilled. Um, all three of my vinyl copies do not play um, correctly. They're all damaged in some way. One to the point where like, it's not even worth putting on. Uh, it just will, it will not work. So I was like, well, I don't want that to happen again here. Um, I have bought vinyl from them because they put out seven inches since. And it seems like they've they figured that out and the stuff's a lot better. But I'm like, if I'm paying for this once in a lifetime, theoretically box set, I'm sure they'll sell them individually after. I need to make sure that I don't get shipping damage and I'm pissed or that I get some that work and some that don't. So then I finally convinced my wife to let me get two. And then she's like, are you going to sell the second one? if?" Um, if the other one's fine. And I just looked, looked at her and said, no, no, I will not. <laughs> so I've got two copies of this limited edition, uh, full discography vinyl collection of one of my favorite bands and several of my favorite albums. doesn't ship until June sold out within an hour. Um, I'm really excited. Really, really excited. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. But what happens when they have their next album? Then it's like, oh, they don't, you don't have the full thing anymore. Sure. Sure. Yes, that's true. But I think like the sweet spot for them was like albums two through five or six. So I think like I'm I'm getting the backlog of the stuff that is the most nostalgic to me. Like all I really care about is that I have teenage politics life in general and slowly going the way of the Buffalo on vinyl. Um, I can die happy knowing that. And the, the other part is, is like I own, I own the other half already on vinyl, like the stuff that wasn't like out of print. Um, well, and I have all the CDs too, but yeah, I don't know. It's still cool. It was a heavy investment, but I'm excited. That's a lot of, how heavy was it? Or you, you don't have it yet. Uh, the weight. Yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's gotta four, be 14 records plus a box set plus a book plus a slip band. So a lot. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. Ch- shipping was only 20 bucks. So I was excited about that. Oh. I heard international people had to pay 150. Oof. Yeah. Comes out in June sometime, supposed to leave without delays. So I will be proudly listening to a ton of MXPX on vinyl. Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo is like one of the greatest punk rock albums that should have been so much bigger. I will I agree with just, you on that. I think it's just the weird, I think it's the weird stigma in the scene of them being attached to a Christian label with Tooth and Nail and them coming off of that. Because like Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo was still partnered with, I think, A&M and Slowly Going the Way. And I think like that was part of the reason like why it didn't. And I heard that like the label they were working with on the AM side was like going under. 
or that division was going under at the same time that that record was going out. So it was like their last, it was the last record that the people working on that were going to promote under that banner and it fell. But like, that is every bit as epic. It's better. It's better than Enema of the State. It's like, it's a bigger landmark album. And I think when you listen to a lot of bands that came after that, a lot of them cite MXPX, particularly that record as an influence, but it's good. I like him a lot. I like a lot. That's pretty cool, though, that they, you know, are able to pull that together, you know? Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is, like, I knew that they, so after they broke from Tooth and Nail, because of that contract deal, uh, Tooth and Nail had exclusive rights to all of the original masters with everything they did there, which was the first... 3.5 records and then that was the thing was like when tooth and nail was going under after after mxpx had already make it made it big they went back to tooth and nail and did secret weapon and that whole deal i found out after that came out because i always thought that was weird because i'd kind of fallen off of them at that point that entire deal with them going back and doing one last record was for all of the rights to their entire back catalog so it was like probably the smartest Ooh. deal they ever made and then all they really had to contend with was like their major label stuff, which was, you know, three other records. And um, yeah, I mean, it's cool that they were able to get that too. I mean, I'm sure it was yeah. a ton of work on the back end. Yeah. I don't know. It made me really happy. Like uh, I texted to Nate too, when I got it and I'm sure he thought I was crazy, but I was just like, it's, it's, it's so much of like my child didn't knew I was like in this neat little box. And it is cool. It is very cool. Yeah. And I do like MXPX probably not as much as you do actually guarantee <laughs> not as much as you do. I like a couple yeah. of their albums. Yeah. There was a part of me that was like, you're a little crazy, but yeah, I'm like, it's still I'm like a third cool. of the way to a concert in my living room by my Carrera with this purchase. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, Cause I think his price, when I heard is, limited to 1500, I'm like, that seems high. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, oh, and really? No, their stuff sells out fast. Really? Yeah, wow. Yeah. No, these were these were gone, and they were because Ryan buys them all. <laughs> they, <laughs> I do, but yeah, they were they were three hundred and fifty dollars per set. So I mean, wow. Figure yeah. they had fifteen hundred of those people who are willing to plunk that down within an hour. Some of them in duplicate, like me. <laughs> yeah that'll be great but on a per record basis yeah it's, it's a bad. it's a totally reasonable price when you figure out if you just average 25 per record which is about what a new vinyl pressing would cost so you had 10 albums two of them had double death or four of them had double discs the cost is there um you just don't go to orange records downtown and throw that down and walk no, away with no. like 20 a whole bunch of records so yeah if you spend 50 bucks in a record shop yeah yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Really, the only like bummer album in there is, I mean, there's a couple not great ones, but I think their first one's probably just the worst because it's just the roughest. But yeah, yeah, mix picks, mix picks. I was listening to Mike Herrera's podcast this week, and like his guest was, uh, what was it? Is it Anthony Green or Andrew Green, the guy from like he's from a bunch of bands, but he was in Seos and he's like, Yeah, me and my buddy always wanted to start a 
MXPX covered band, but call it uh, CXBX. And Mike's is like, what, what does CXBX stand for? He's like, dude, cover band. He's like, Oh, okay. I'm an idiot. That's pretty funny. That's a good cover band name. (sighs) Yeah. Any last stories, topics? Did I derail us too much with my dumb MXPX obsession? Awkward silence. Maybe we're meditating. Maybe. Maybe it's time to call it. I guess. We can do that. Hey, friends. If you'd like to make a cover band of the Week in Rental podcast and you have a name, send it to us. We'd love to read that email of the cover band name can you no it's not a cover band it'd be what cover podcast mm-hmm. cover podcast uh you can send that to weekend rental podcast at gmail.com make sure you're following us on all of our social media twitter facebook all of those good places youtube and you can find all things weekend rental at weekendpodcast.com friends be kind wicka wicka rewind Nice touch. Wild Tracks is a badass name. Stone Race FX is a better game. Son, stop scoping out Laura Croft's rear. <laughs>